Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor Jamie Miller. Okay, so today was uh, we had our first uh, third service Sunday uh, that wasn't an Easter and got things kicked off. And uh, so I thought that I would do just a little plug here. We had a great group in first service at 8.15. We had some great worship went for it. Great crowd. Um, I jumped into the prayer meeting. I was, Kim was like, you think anybody's going to be there at 7.30? I opened the door and there was a roar going on. I just dove in, man. It was awesome. Got some great prayer, some words spoken over me, super encouraging. But hey, you guys are at the 9.30... <laughs> Hello, Chicago! <laughs> I know where I'm at. I just didn't know what time exactly I was. But. So, uh, so uh, hey, let's do ten, top 10 reasons. We, we said, hey, t- top 10 reasons for going to the 815 service. Want to make a plug here for it? So here we go. At number 10, if your New Year's resolution has become more of a morning person, the 815 service is here to help you succeed. There you go. At number 9... Top 10 reasons attending the 815 service sets you up for an outstanding Sunday afternoon nap. Get up earlier, get a little tired, nap it on up. And at number eight, reason for attending the first service, first come, first serve parking. If you've ever wondered what the parking looks like, empty. You can find out by attending the first service. At number seven, get out in time to still order from the breakfast menu at Mickey D's. All right, at number six. You can go to church and still drive to Chicago in the same day. Go Cubs. Sarah McCain may have put that last little addition on there. I think that's possible. At number five, brunch. It was amazing to me how many, we asked the staff, hey, give us some top ten reasons, how many had to do with food. We're just a food kind of people, I think, right? At number four, top ten reasons, been wanting to get a real start on your day, prayer at 7.30, in the prayer room, oh yeah. At number three. Number three, if you struggle with waking up on time, now you can just stay up until church starts. <laughs> right? Right? At number two, Instagram the sunrise. That's for real, man. We were there this morning, just like, I was like taking a shower, and I was like, honey, it's dark outside. <laughs> and I just want to say, if you, if you see any of the worship team people especially, thank them. Worship practice started this morning at 6.45 a.m., just... Just saying, thank them. And at number one, top ten reason to make room for more people to know Jesus and develop a passion for Jesus and his purposes in the earth. Amen. Okay, open your Bibles, if you would, to Colossians chapter one. We are continuing in part two now of our series, The Starting Point. And in this series, we're talking about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And today, last week, we talked about Jesus uh, as the revelation of getting to know God. You start with Jesus to, to know God. Today, it's you start with Jesus to understand the church and to be the church. And so we're talking about Christ in the church. Verse two, first two verses. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father. Amen. There is so much packed into those two verses. I remember uh, years ago, I was with a brother uh, named Jim. Uh, I know one person that knows, that knows this story, but um, 
we were going to pray through Colossians. All we just pray, pray, read, kind of march around the office and pray. And I said, okay, great. Let's start on verse three. And he said, no, 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 no. We got to start with verse one. There's so much packed into those first two verses. I was like, really? And I mean, we, that day, all we did was pray verses one and two. And so the start of verse two is just loaded, you guys. It's loaded with great stuff about being in Christ and in Colossae, in a real place and living it out faithfully as brothers and sisters. And that's really where we're going today. We're going to unpack that and, and just talk about what it means to start with Christ and see his life in the church. And uh, so last week we talked about Jesus Christ, Son of God, talking about God. This week, the church. Next week, we start with Jesus to understand the scriptures. And then on the final week, we're talking about Jesus, starting with Jesus and talking about the nations, God's plan to touch all of the nations. And uh, remember our, our little banner phrase for Antioch, Fort Worth, these three phrases, start with Jesus. Next series is going to be pray it in. And then in all of this, we're talking about living it out in love. So can you remember these three? Start with Jesus, pray it in, live it out in love. Okay, so we start with Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And we talked about this last week, but to say Jesus Christ is to say anointed. Christ means anointed in the Holy Spirit. The Son of God. He's always been the Son. He was never not the Son. The Father's always been the Father. There was never a time when the Father wasn't the Father. And there's shared love and anointing and communion together in the Holy Spirit. And that is our, the triune God. That's what, to say Jesus Christ is to say all of that. And it's going to take ages for us to unpack how good Jesus really is. It's going to take, as Ephesians 2 says, coming ages, coming ages for Him to reveal the kindness of His grace expressed to us in Jesus Christ. Amen. So anytime there's like an awkward pause or something, I want to always just set you guys free. Somebody asked me after first service, there's a bunch of amen and going on in first service. And somebody asked me, said, does that, that bother you? Does that mess you up when, when somebody's amen and like that and just going on? And I'm like, no, it's like sick them. <laughs> That's for some of those people from Waco. Uh, no, it's like sick them. It really is it's like, let's go for it. Yeah. So. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, we talked about this last week, but He's the center of the universe. He's the center of creation. And He's how we understand. So, so vast and immense and wonderful and beautiful. And this week, we're taking it a step further and talking about the church. When we talk about the church, we have to talk about Jesus Christ. Because He is the Lord. He's the King. He is the head over everything. The church is the focal point of the reign of God. He's head over everything for the church. Think about that. Now, we don't always do that right. We blow it. We mess up. We do dumb stuff. Some of us. Yeah, <laughs> several of us. And I do. And I, uh, I'm, I'm growing up. I'm not the same as I used to be, but I'm, I'm growing up, becoming more like Jesus on the journey. And so Jesus is the starting place for talking about the church. And, and when we say church, a lot of us, we've got some of us that's like totally positive all the time. It's awesome. Blessings, forgiveness, fellowship, you know, sense of purpose and destiny. And sometimes, though, depending on what our background is and the experiences we've had, it could be something not totally positive, right? Because of a struggle or a hard time or the church that our parents went to when we were kids, it, it divided or something like that. And people got sideways with each other. And that's, that's part of what makes church church. It's part of how it's not just that the, the Jesus is preparing a bride that's going to be fully ready for him. That's going to happen. 
But this is how that process actually, how we get there. It's not just the end, it's the means. It's the means for getting ready. God gives us each other. Just You look around, that's why I said you guys are beautiful. You look around and He gives us each other and all of our diversity and different backgrounds and different parts of the country and the world that we come from. He brought us together. No Jew, Greek, slave, free, barbarian, Scythian, all these different, no male, female division between us. We are one people. A multi-ethnic, epicentered, life-giving, multiplying, reproducing, Christ-manifesting, Father's love, receiving, Holy Spirit-empowered church. That's who He's called us to be. That's the trajectory that we're on. And here's the main thing. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is the starting point in talking about the church. Talking about God, talking about the church, talking about the Bible, talking about the nations and all that God wants to do. Jesus is the starting point. And to say that today, I just want to focus on from that little bit of verse 2. The start of verse 2 is it's a focus on who we are, our identity, where we live. It matters. Where we live matters. And what we do, how we live it out matters. So here we go. We start with Christ in the church. Because our identity matters. And when I say identity, of course, it's our identity personally in Christ, but we also have a corporate identity. And God wants us to understand that it's, it's not just us as individuals how we live this out. We live it out together. And we have a corporate togetherness. A corporate, we are faithful brothers and sisters. We are the church. We, are, we do this together. Like so much of the New Testament is addressed to people the church in this place, the people in this place, greetings to real practical people in this place. And so it's, there's the together thing that I want us to get. And the first way of understanding this there in verse 2 is the idea of we are in Christ. We are in Christ. That means uh, this is really the trajectory of the New Testament. When he says to, to God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, all through Colossians, you're going to see that phrase, in Christ, in Him. And that's, that's, where, that's where this whole thing is going, is that we would see more and more our identity is swept up and connected to, intermingled with each other, but one identity in Christ. Our identity is in Him. Paul does this again in Ephesians as well. In the first ten verses, it's one run-on sentence. In Greek, there's no punctuate, just one big run-on sentence. And he says, in Christ, ten times in the one run-on sentence. Pretty amazing. He wants us to get this. You're in Christ. This is what God's done for you in Christ. Your life is in Christ. All of that. And Christ is in us. So we're in Him, and He's in us. He, he, said, he told the disciples, you're going to see this. On the day that the Holy Spirit comes, on that day you'll realize, John 14, 20, that I'm in my Father and that you are in me and I am in you. It's just, wow. That's an identity thing. So Christ is in you. In us. In you guys. Colossians 1, verse 27. To them, to the Lord's people, God has chosen to make known among the nations, the Gentiles, the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. I love that verse because it is such a compact, dense statement of what we want to do and be as a church, as the people of God. Christ in us is the hope of everything being made right on planet Earth. When we say glory, the hope of glory, 
It's that the, the, the beauty, the excellence of all that God is and wants to do and wants to release in and through us, glory, it, the, the way that happens is Christ in us. We can't do that. But Jesus Christ in us, by the power of the Holy Spirit, living out that life. It's like we are a shining light from heaven that's breaking into our city and touching this region, the nation, and the nations. I feel like that's, I, I, I didn't said it quite like that. That's, that's pretty good. And so that's Christ. We're in Christ, but Christ is in us. We are the kingdom of the Son that he, we are, our identity is to be this kingdom people. Chapter 1, verse 12, joyfully giving thanks to the Father who's qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he's rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Okay, so this is identity stuff for us, us as a people. We were in the kingdom of darkness, but we've been brought into the kingdom of light. We were in the kingdom of Satan and under his rule, but God redeemed us reconciled us, set us free, and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Man, this is part of our identity, is that we would see ourselves this way, in Christ, Christ in us, in the kingdom, not in darkness, but in light, not unforgiven, but forgiven, not unredeemed, but redeemed. All of that. So, we are the body of Christ. Chapter 1, verse 18, He's head over all things, Head of the body, of the church, the beginning, the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. Okay, so think about we are corporately together the body. Now, there's I want I need every part of my body. There's none of it that I want to 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 not have. Some of it I don't have a choice about. There's things happening that that are beyond my control. But like fingers and stuff, man, I'm holding on to those toes and every part every part needs every other part that's the way this thing works every part needs every other part pinky can't say to the toe i don't need you the knee can't say to the eyeball i don't need you we, and and here's the thing we can only live and be the body that's doing what god wants us to do as we live under the headship of jesus christ we're in our 27th year now as a church. And for, for, for all of this time, for 26 years, we've been praying, Jesus, you, this is the way we wrote our first core value out, Jesus, submit to the headship of Jesus Christ. And we've been praying that prayer. How many thousands of times we've prayed that prayer? Jesus, You're the head of the church. Lead us. We don't know what to do. We're standing at the crossroads. You are the head of the church. Lead us. And let Him lead us forward in a coordinated way, moving into the future that He has for us. We're coming from all different kinds of backgrounds, but man, if Jesus is the head, we can go there together. And we are His body together. And we all need each other. Here's another one. Uh, this identity thing is that we're growing up. We're growing to maturity. Chapter 1, verse 28. Right after Christ in you, the hope of glory. He, Jesus, is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. Okay, so part of our identity together is we're not okay just sitting around being babies all the time. I say amen. We're, we're not, we want to grow up. Like, I don't look how I used to look. I'm, I'm changing. Right, Robin? Robin's known me for years. 
and, I'm, and watch me go through puberty. I'm still going through it as my voice is cracking. But I don't look the same that I used to look. I'm, I'm growing up. I'm, I'm becoming, and the older I get, though, the more I realize I still need to grow more. It's just, a, it's just part of the deal. I sat here last week, somebody I met for the first time after one of the services, uh, said he was 69 years old, and he said, I'm growing. I just, I, there's more I've got to grow now than ever. 69. So he's ahead of me, way, way ahead of me in the journey. And he's saying, you still gotta, you still gotta grow, right? Okay, so maturity. We're, we're, as a people, we're not just punching a clock, waiting until we die. We're growing up in Jesus Christ to maturity. That's our goal. What's our goal? Grow up. Yeah. You know, we want to grow up into full stature, is the way Paul says it in Ephesians 4. Uh, here's another one our identity. Just realizing again that the reality is found in Jesus. You know, the centrality. Jesus. The supremacy, Jesus. The reality, not getting lost in little side deals and religious stuff that we're just kind of doing and making bigger than Jesus. Jesus is always King and Lord. That's our identity. Another piece is that when I've said all of this, is just to say Christ is our very life. And uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 4, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you'll appear with Him in glory. And it's just... There's just a line somewhere in there. It's like one thing to go, Jesus, thank you for dying for me, for giving forgiveness to me. But there's a part of that, the process of, of having been saved and being saved and, and will be saved. And that's our journey. And, but part of that journey is going, you know, it's not just about me going to heaven one day. Jesus wants to be my very life right now. He wants to be my all in all is the way he says it later there in chapter 3. So it's critical, you guys, that we receive this truth about identity. And to receive the truth about identity, we've got to hear it again and again and again. We leak. We leak. We forget who we are. We forget that God loves us. That's why, how often do you think you need to hear the Father tell you that He loves you? Heidi. A lot. I'm embarrassing her. Sorry. Other people are like, is he going to start calling on people? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Just, we leak. And we need to hear it again and again and again because if we're going to live out a corporate identity together, we've got we've to hear, oh yeah, Jesus Christ is our life together. Christ in the church. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Jesus Christ in the church, in His life, us being the body, the bride, the building, the army, the family, the, all the different metaphors of Scripture about who we are as His people, getting that in us and receiving that so that we can give it and we can live out of it. We, we learn to live out of this over time. And that's what God's calling us to. I'm not my own. We live together for the Lord. This is God's vision for His people and for planet Earth. And here we are. You know, I'd leaned over to Kim a minute ago and just said, I'm so thankful that we get to do this. You know, and just thankful that we get to do it with who we get to do it with and be the body of Christ in this place, be a part of it. I ran into uh, Chris the other day, Chris Freeland, who's the pastor of McKinney, and just us texting a bunch and blessing each other for Sunday. And Father, we do just bless doxology today in the name of Jesus. We bless Hewland Street Church in the name of Jesus and Convergence. And I'm not going to, I'll stop. Is, uh, just to not leave. We bless the church in the city of Fort Worth, which is what I want to talk about next. Second point. 
We start with Christ in the church because our location matters. So our identity matters and our location matters. Did you know where you live this out really, really matters? So he says to God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, to God's holy people in Colossae. So where we're at matters. Being in Fort Worth, Texas matters. That we are the people of God on the mission of God for the glory of God in Fort Worth, Texas. That matters. Fort Worth matters to God. He wants a testimony. Jesus wants a lampstand burning in Fort Worth, Texas. And we can't all meet in one building, but all the people that are trying to follow Jesus, whether whatever congregation they are, house churches and all different kinds of expressions of that, we are the one people, the one church. There's one church in Fort Worth. That's good news. And, and we've got to see it that way. It's not just, and it matters that we're on the ground, real people living real lives, and, and it's not just, whoa, man, I'm a part of the intergalactic church. It's heavy, man. It's just like it's out there. And wow, that's 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 where I'm I'm there. And it's not that that's not true. Cosmically from heaven, you know, how, whatever big words we want to use. But you know what? It, it's got to get on the ground. God's got to be able to say if Satan comes, say, well, you don't have a church there. Oh, yeah, I do. And there they are. They're gathered right there. Brothers and sisters living this stuff out together. The saints, the church, the, the, the people of God, the Lord's people, the faithful brothers and sisters, all these different ways we say this, where there's no Jew or Gentile, slave, free, male, all that stuff, that, that we are the people of God. And it's just huge that we get this. All the commands in the New Testament, and, and they're many, and they're summed up with this one thing, love one another. But all those one another's, they can't happen unless we're actually close enough to be around somebody that is different from me, that challenges me and forces me to trust Jesus to actually receive the Father's love so that I can give the Father's love to them. And it's just, it's a big, huge deal in, in the big picture. In Fort Worth, at TCU, in our schools, at our workplaces, on our streets, all these different places. Eugene Peterson uh, wrote the message translation, and I was looking at the intro to that, uh, to Colossians this week, and he, he had a couple sentences that caught my attention. He said, this what God's done in Christ in us, in a people on the ground, it isn't just a mystical thing that happened 2,000 years ago. Our histories have been invaded. Our thoughts our actions, feelings, beginnings, ends, ambitions, frustrations, loves, hates, hopes, fears, everything that a doctor, biographer, or psychoanalyst could ever find out about us, it's all been invaded by the fullness of God in Christ Jesus. Isn't that great? I just, you can't, like, imagine saying, if I, who are you? And I just was like, who are you? And you were like, whoa, whoa, chill. Like, who are you really? You would have to say Jesus in there somewhere. You, you have to. Like for these coaches and football players and things that are witnessing to Jesus after they win a game or whatever, that it's not them kind of being fancy or this is just a little spiel they put on. If Christ is your life, you're going to say something when somebody sticks a mic in front of you and like, 
who are you? You know, it's, I can't, you can't describe, we can't describe who we are without talking about him because he is our very life. And so Paul says, so living this out on the ground, I, I want to say just a word here about unity because it's really, it's a big deal that we fight for it, that we make every effort to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. What he's given us, we hold on to. And maybe he's, and maybe it's kind of mind blowing to think about it, but, but it's something that's very precious. In chapter two, verse two, Paul says in Colossians, my goal is that they would be, that, that the church would be united in, in heart, excuse me, would be encouraged, some, encouraged in heart and united in love. So that we'd see everything that we have in Christ. We'd see all the riches that are ours in Christ. And that in Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That we would live in this. And so my goal is that they'd be encouraged in heart and united in love. Like, we want to hold on to that. We want to be the most encouraging people that we can possibly be. And God's word of encouragement and love and blessing flowing through us to release that. And we want to be united in love together. It's absolutely huge. Our own awareness of grace and the grace that we've been given just almost always flavors the way we give grace to other people. Like just, you know, Jesus said, oh, she's been forgiven much. So she, she loves much. But she's been forgiven this radical amount. So she's, she's a lover. She, she loves well because she's received love well. And so receive the grace of God. This identity stuff is huge. Receiving it, receiving it, receiving it so that we can give grace and forgiveness and we can bring peace. We can be that peaceful presence whenever there's anxiety. You know, and because we're one, we're whole, we're one people, you know, when there's a, a, a piece of anxiety or there's a hurt or a wound, you know, it, it spreads. And so we want to be those peaceful people that bring healing and bring, bring life and trust the Spirit of God to express the things of Jesus in the midst of our, our who we are together. Okay? So just... That's big. So, the way I receive grace is the way I give it. I mean, the flip side of that is, if I'm not doing that and I'm putting myself in God's place, then I end up judging everybody and I can't, I can't love with God's love because I'm cutting that flow off if I'm judging other people. Right? So, we want to stay open to the nonstop, never-ending Niagara so that we can give from that fullness to other people in the way that we've received Aren't we just radically, crazy, super aboundingly saved by Jesus? It's just, it's amazing. And to get brought into that circle of love between the Father and the Son, it's just, Holy Spirit, it's just the most amazing thing to me. So then the last piece then is we start with Christ in the church um, because our actions matter. What we do matters. Our practice matters. And so what does life look like when Jesus Christ is all in all? Like he says there in chapter 3, verse 11. Here, there's no Jew or Gentile, slave, uh, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. What is it going to look like when Christ is all and is in all? Or, let me restate that, what's it going to look like when we wake up to what God's done for us in Christ? And we wake up that, to the fact that 
He's all. He really is our everything. And He is in my brothers and sisters. And I want to recognize that. Even in our diversity, we are one. And so He says at the start of chapter 3, set your hearts on things above. Set your minds on things above. So there's proactively, we are, we are renewed minds kind of people. We talked about, we finished with that last week, but that's who we are. We're this getting renewed, getting our hearts set on things above, the things of heaven and expressing those things on earth. And we put to death whatever belongs to our earthly nature, to the flesh, lust and greed and all these different things that are idolatries in our lives. Um, lying and cheating and not being honorable and, and honest and those kinds of things. Put those things to death. It's like our hearts. I love that, that picture from last week. That's just been really fresh for me. That our hearts have to be turned over in order for that to be good soil in our lives. You've got to get the rocks out of there. You've got to get the weeds out of there. And so you put to death what belongs to the old man and you put on the new self created to be like Christ Jesus. It's what He's done for us. I mean, He's done it, but, but you put that to death. There's a war going on so that we live here. When we live in the flesh, we are prone to sin. That's, that's right. When we live in the flesh, we are prone to sin. But when we put on the new self, created to be like God in Christ Jesus, this new life in Christ... We were crucified. Now, count yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. This new life, it's not prone to sin. It's prone to righteousness. It's prone to love. It's prone to holiness. It's prone to worship. It's prone to serving others. All the fruit of the Spirit, it's prone to that. Now, can you live over there? Yeah, you can live over there. We all can. And, and we probably all did it at some point this past week. But you can live here. We're prone to righteousness in Christ. I just think that's like really good news because it helps me when I start thinking about, man, I'm a mess. I can't believe I thought that again. can't believe I said that. I can't believe I had to go apologize about that again. Yeah, like 80 guys know what I'm talking about. Nine. You know, but when we're talking about ethics like this, what we do, what we don't do, that's, that's how we live. That's a, the ethic of, so the, the, the overarching ethic is what? It's, it's love. I mean, love binds them all together. That's what he says. Love binds all of these things together. Put, put on love because it, it pulls everything, all these commands, the New Testament, everything. So whatever you do, do it in the name of Jesus. And whatever you do, put on love because it binds them all together. Now, that is at the risk of oversimplifying the Bible. Put your faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and love people. That's what He's calling us to do. And if we do that, we change the world. Like That's God's plan for changing the world in Jesus Christ. That's the new covenant way of living. In Ephesians... Paul says it this way in Ephesians 3. He says, It's been given to me to preach to the Gentiles, to the nations, the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, but has now been revealed to God's holy people. Okay? And this plan of revealing Christ in the church 
is the eternal purpose of God. The eternal purpose of God. Like, who's in on something big? I want to do something big with my life. I want to, I want to, I want, to, I want my life to matter. I want my life to count. How about the eternal purpose of God? You know, you're 70, 80, 90, you live to be a really long, you know, a hundred. You know, just and you you die and it's time to meet the Lord. And what'd you do with your life? Well, I I just I ordered my life around you and tried to love people and tried to be connected in all that I was doing to the eternal purpose of God. Christ in the church. And it's just like, wow. The the 127 in Colossians 127 is like it's like that compacted even more. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in His people is the hope of glory. Christ the church and the glory of God. That's what we talk about a lot because it sums up Genesis 1 and 2, the meta story all the way to Revelation 21 and 22, type and fulfillment, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Get just I'd say if you don't get anything else, get that. And there was a few, get the love thing. And get the start, starting with Jesus thing too. So there's, man, it's good. John 17, verse 24, Jesus prays, Father, this is right at the end of the prayer, Father, Father, I want them to be with me and to see my glory. It's a glory that you gave me before the creation, of the, because you loved me before the creation of the world. So think about that. That connection between glory and God's love and what Jesus wants to bring us into is all just right, right there together. We start with Jesus in talking about the church. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, because He is the center of the universe, the center of creation. He is the center of our lives and He is the center of the church of which He is the head. And at Antioch, Fort Worth, our vision is to share and multiply the life of Christ in the church. So like for all these years, We've been, this is what we've been saying, is what we're trying to do is Christ in the church, the glory of God. Our vision is to share and multiply the life of Christ in the church through new disciples, new life groups, new congregations, to the glory of God and the joy of all peoples everywhere. Okay, that's, that's, that's who we are. That's, that's this same journey we've been on. And I just want to say, like I've been saying for years and years, at the beginning of the year especially, but what would it look like if, what would happen if, a people got a hold of this and started living with Christ as the center of our lives. He becomes our identity. He becomes our identity together. We learn to love. We learn to do the mission out of the overflow of what we've received from Him because He's radically changed our identity. We're not, I'm not who I used to be. And I, I, I'm miserable doing what I used to do. And I'm filled with life and destiny, and freedom, and hope, and joy, and love for others when I'm living out of this new life that He's given me. It's just the most incredible, mind-boggling, wonderful thing. What would happen if we lived with our identity in Jesus Christ? What would happen if we lived knowing that we're in Fort Worth, whatever the little cities are around, but just, just as a holding tank, Fort Worth, in this region, but we're on the ground here. We're living this thing out, brothers and sisters together, one another's, encouraging one another, serving one another, giving hospitality to one another, all of those different things. What would happen if we lived this out on the ground together and put it into practice? We would change the world 
And this is the hope of glory that God's given us as the people of God on the mission of God for the glory of God in this place. Amen. Y'all stand up and let's just, we'll spend just a few minutes here responding to the Lord. You know, and it may be that the Lord's stirring something in you about God's people. Maybe it's a realignment in your own personal life about an alignment to Jesus that's new and fresh or a commitment to walk together in a, in a fresher, deeper way in 2019. But whatever that is, I just want to give us a moment here to respond to God. Because we say this week after week, but man, God does so much when we'll just say, Lord, I want you. I'm in. Lord, what's my next step? How can I respond to you in this? How can I offer more of my mind and heart and life to you in this? And whatever it is, just maybe get somebody to pray with you about that. You know, just somebody to pray, hey, I want to go to the next place with Jesus on that in 2019. And Father, I just ask, release the yes in our hearts. Release the capacity to dream again, to have vision again, to to just say, what would it look like in my life if I I went ahead and went for it? If my identity was in You, and it was just as a people together, what would it look like? My piece, my part. I'm a pinky, I'm a knee, I'm an elbow, I'm a shoulder, I'm an ear. Whatever my part is, that I would live that out in this context here in Fort Worth. We love You, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. And if you have any other prayer need too, guys, please don't hesitate. Come get prayer. Pray with somebody you came with. And let's pray for breakthrough. What's that breakthrough that needs to happen right now? Let's go for it. Take a little time. Amen.